Morning, everybody. It's good to see you. If you want to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 9, that's where we'll be uh, to start. We won't be there for the whole lesson. When Blake asked me uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Blake asked me yesterday what, what uh, the lesson was going to be on, I said boasting. And he said, are you for it or again it? No, he, 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 he didn't say that. I imagined him saying that. No, I, actually what I said is it's going to be, uh, the lesson is on boasting and I'm going to, I'm going to teach us how to do it right. Uh, or something to that effect. Like, boast correctly. Um, it's kind of a joke, but not really. I mean, it's partly a joke. Like, uh, what, but when you think about boasting, like, what do you think about? The first thing I think about are a lot of athletes, like Zlatan. You know, I mean, if you guys follow soccer, like, he 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 boasts to extremes of like blasphemy, though. Like, that's unusual boasting. Like, he calls himself God, openly. You know, he he says, you know, I'm I'm God or I'm a God or whatever. That's that's unusual, right? Um, but, you know, people who are, have high status in anything are at least tempted to boast, right? And so I think that's what you see is people who have a high status in some form or fashion, whether it's money or it's, well, I mean, these days it's like Twitter followers, right? Or Instagram followers, right? You, you have a say. Your voice is heard, right? So you, you can boast about that sometimes. Um, I mean, that's what I think about when I think of boasting. Right? I'm the best at something. Or if I'm not the best, I'm better than you, and you're going to hear about it. I'm going to let you know, right? I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to vocalize it. Uh, or in this upcoming whatever, I'm not going to lose because this. And it's usually not like, well, I'm so I'm well prepared. It's it's mainly like I'm not going to lose because. You know, I'm, I'm up against a bunch of losers. Right? I mean, that's what a boast sounds like to me. That's, when I think of boasting, that's what I, some, you know, you're tearing other people down or you're unfairly elevating yourself, something like that. Or an, another boast might be, you know, I am completely secure. I'm safe from attack. Financial attack, right? Uh, physical attack, you know, I've, I have a whole... Maybe I have a whole arsenal of arms in my safe in my house, you know, so I, I, I have no fear, right? And so I boast about that, like, you know, let, let somebody come at me kind of thing, right? I mean, there's another, it's another boast, right? I'm not engaged in anything, but I've, I've got this, I'll just go say, I'll say unrealistic expectation that nothing can get to me. And sometimes we think nothing can get to me emotionally, right? Nothing can get to me. Nothing can get to me mentally. My mind is strong, right? Nothing can get to me physically. Well, that's, those are boasts. At least that's what I think about when I think about boasts. I think what I found in the text, Jeremiah 9, and later we'll look in 1 Corinthians 1, is that when God thinks of a boast, it's, it's a little more subtle than that. It's not quite as, as direct as what I'm describing right here. Uh, in fact, I'm going to suggest right off the bat, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about throughout the, the lesson, throughout the text. I'm going to suggest to you right, off, right at the front is that your way of life can be a boast without ever saying a word. Right? The, the, way, the way you live, I'm, I'll just say, is a boast. And I'm sort of giving away part of the, part of the lesson already. 
way you live is a boast. You're boasting. Question is, are you doing it the right way? Right? Is your boast what it should be? So let's, let's look in Jeremiah 9. We read the whole chapter. I wanted to read the whole chapter, get, it, get everything in context. It's a major downer of a chapter. I mean, Jeremiah is the weeping prophet. He's called the weeping prophet for a reason, right? Not just because he weeps. People read him and they weep, right? They're like, oh man, Jeremiah, you're killing me, you know? Like, show us some hope. Well, there's a little bit of hope at the end of Jeremiah 9, right? So let's look at just verses 3 through 6, just these four verses. They bend their tongue like their bow. Lies and not truth prevail in the land, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they do not know me, declares the Lord. Let everyone be on guard against his neighbor, and do not trust any brother, because every brother deals craftily, and every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. Everyone deceives his neighbor and does not speak the truth. They've taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves committing iniquity. Your dwelling is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me, declares the Lord. So before we talk about kind of the boasting part, this is just sort of setting the, the framework of the type of people we're working with here. Right? Jeremiah is surrounded by do you see this odd contrast, though? There's all of this evil stuff that they're engaged in. Slander and, and ambush, we read later. And, but the, what's, what it's contrasted against is knowing God. Do you see that? Look in verse 3. They bend their tongue, the lies are not truth. They proceed from evil to evil. They don't know me. Well, that seems like an odd contrast. Why wouldn't it be? They bend their tongue like the bow. They proceed from evil to evil. They don't do good stuff. That's not what he says. They don't know me. That's the problem, right? And then look in verse 6. This is, I found this really interesting. Your dwelling is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit, they refuse to know me. Okay, now it's not like, oh, I'm ignorant. I don't know God. You know, I just, uh, you know, maybe I'm, I wasn't raised in the right family. I didn't go to the right church or synagogue or, you know, whatever. So I don't know God just because, you know, I'm from some place where he's not there. I mean, again, we're making excuses because God's everywhere. But I'm just saying, like, if you can, if you want to plead ignorance, you know, sometimes people plead ignorance. I don't know God because I'm ignorant. Verse six says, "No." When you engage in deceit, you're actively refusing to know me. You're looking at me and you're saying, "I don't want any of that." Again, it's an interesting contrast, right? He says they're doing all this evil stuff, and the alternative is one thing know me and you don't and not only do you not you refuse right okay so this is these are the people that jeremiah is surrounded by this is the the people under consideration in this text right let's skip down to 23 to 24 and look at god's solution which again is uh, the, it shows that god's ways are higher than man's ways right if i'm going to write a letter to somebody like you're a really bad person you need to sort things out and here's the things you need to do well i wouldn't have written what god wrote <laughs> I mean, I just don't think like he does. But look in verses 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me. 
that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. So uh, I haven't resolved the whole like evil is contrasted against knowing God. We haven't resolved that yet. We're going to. We're just keeping that in mind. But now there's another twist here. The solution isn't, okay, stop doing evil. Like, go do something good. I mean, that is the result, but that's not the solution, right? That's the result of the solution is what I'm trying to say. Once the problem is solved, that's what it looks like is you're out doing good and you're not slandering your neighbor and you're not setting ambushes for them and you're not lying. That's the result. Well, what's the solution? The solution is to change your boast. That's, that's a really odd way to say it, isn't it? It's only odd because of the way I think about boasting. Because God uses that here, and some translations say glory, right? You glory in this or you boast in this, right? I think what, because the way God uses it here, what he's really saying is your boast is the foundation for your life. Like, why do you set the alarm for the time you set it on Monday, right? If you can answer that question, that's your boast. Well, because i got to make some money. All right, well, there's your boast. Well, no, 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 to be fair, like, you need to ask the why until you get down to the fundamentals, right? We all work to receive money. We don't work for free, right? Why, why do you want your money? You see what I'm saying? Get down, to the, get down to the foundation. Ask the why each time, and you found your boast. God here is saying, all right, Jeremiah... You, you got too many wise men boasting in their wisdom in this land. You got too many mighty men boasting of how strong they are. And you got too many rich men boasting of their riches. I don't think what he's saying is they're walking around saying, hey, I'm the smartest guy around, come, you know. I think what's happening is the wise men wake up on Monday morning, right? And they say, all right, I'm going to wield my wisdom for my benefit. How can I get a little something more out of my neighbor? How can I get a little something more, you know, out of the, the synagogue? Right? Well, he's not verbalizing. He's not going around saying, hey, I'm wiser than you. You better watch out. Well, that would be stupid, right? He would be, it'd be a warning. <laughs> so you see how the boast becomes subtle. The boast becomes sneaky. The boast is his, his foundation, Right? Or the mighty man, you know, I don't need to outsmart anybody. I'll take what I want. So he wakes up on Monday morning and he says, what do I want today and who's got it? That's all I need to know, two things. What do I want and who's got it? So the mighty man, he goes and gets what he wants. Well, he doesn't go out boasting and saying, hey, I'm stronger than all you people, right? Because maybe people would start ganging up and, well, he can't take on 15. He can take on one. So he's quiet. His mouth is quiet is what I'm saying, right? It would be foolish to do what I think Richard thinks is a boast, which is wake up and say, ah, you all, you're all puny. I, well, you know, except for Samson. Samson got away with... He got away with everything. Samson is who I think of when I think of a boast, right? But I don't think that's what's happening here in Jeremiah's time. The mighty man wakes up, and his boast is his foundation for his life. Right? 
and we don't need to talk about the rich. You guys are getting the idea, right? The rich man does the same thing. He wakes up and he's like, how am I going to wield my riches against people for, for me? So the implication is these people doing bad things are boasting in what sound like blessings. Wisdom, might, riches, right? They're boasting in these things. We don't, even though we don't read those boasts, I think because of the context of how God phrases it, we have to assume that. I mean, he's just telling us, you're boasting in these things. You need to change that boast. And boast in that knowing, understanding and knowing the Lord. Not boasting in, hey, guess how many, guess how many people I fed today? Right? Guess how many people I clothed today? Now, somebody who boasts that they know in the Lord, what does their boast look like? <laughs> They're feeding people and clothing people. Do you, I mean, you got to see the difference, right? I, I, the boast is not the result. The boast is the foundation. It's quiet. It's in the background. Right? Only, in fact, I'll suggest only you and God can really tell you what your boast is. I mean, if you're overt about it, maybe somebody can get a read on you, right? But a boast is kind of quiet in this, in this setting, right? So this is the setting in Jeremiah 9. What do we have? Pe- God's people are astray, and they're, they're, they're like off the rails, gone left field astray. They're not like stumbling over points of the law. They're given over completely to themselves, Okay? They don't know him. He says they don't know him, they refuse to know him, and they need to, their boast needs to be that they know him. The solution is to change what their boast is. All right, keep, keep that in mind. We're going to look at exactly the same thing now in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The reason I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is Jeremiah 9, I think, is what's referred to at the end of that chapter. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I think we're all kind of familiar in general, of what's happening in, in Corinth when Paul writes this letter. There are these divisions, but we're going to read verses 10 through 13 here to set this up. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 through 13. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you, Now I mean this, each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, or was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Right? Okay, so that sets up the first issue that Paul's going to deal with in Corinth is this division. Okay, so I'm going to suggest to you that they're starting to go astray. Like we see, we don't see the the abject like lying and hatred and backstabbing and biting. But we, it's starting. I'm of Paul. You are not. Well, well, but I'm I'm of Cephas. You, Paulite. Cephas was. See, hey, Peter walked with Jesus. 
Paul didn't. I mean, you can see how all this gets started, right? They're starting to go astray, like you see in Jeremiah 9, because they've picked up a bad boast. They've picked up a bad boast. Look down, go, go a little bit lower. So in, in, in 1 Corinthians, in verses 17, Paul kind of says, hey, look, you shouldn't be boasting in me anyway because I'm, I'm nobody, right? Let's pick up in verse 20. He gets more general. Where is the wise man? Period. Where's the wise man? All right, you, you want to boast in men, where's the wise man? Where's the scribe? Maybe you want to boast in a scribe. Where's the debater of this age? Here's where they are. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To Jews a stumbling block, to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So, yeah, he addressed himself in verses 17, 18, 19. You know, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be putting your faith in me. But then he got generic real quick. And he's like, hey, you know what? Let's just open this up. What man are you going to boast in after God made all of them look like fools. Why would you do that? And in fact, if you want to say, right, the so-called foolishness of God is wiser than men. Right? So why would, you, why would you attach a man's name to yourself? I am of Paul. It's crazy. Right? So I think what we're seeing here is they're regressing from a spiritual mindset that they may have had, right, when they were first you know, baptized into Christ and understood that. They're regressing from this spiritual mindset into a fleshly mindset. They're losing knowledge of God, just like you saw in Jeremiah 9. The wisdom of God would never lead a Christian to say, I am a Paul. You can't get from here to saying, I am of Paul through the wisdom of God. It's impossible. So if the end result is you got a bunch of people standing around saying, I am of Paul, you know whose wisdom they used. And you know who they know and who they don't know. Right? Well, I know Paul. Well, do you know God? Right? That's the problem is they're starting to go down the same path in Jeremiah 9. It's not that Paul was so great that he distracted them from God. It's the same problem you saw in Jeremiah 9. They're refusing to know him. They don't want to know him. Right? So let's go down again. Verse 26. Now he talks to them about themselves. Okay? For consider your calling, brethren. There were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. 
God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are, verse 29, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So the solution that Paul presents at the end of this division, right, after you know, demonstrating how foolish the world is, the solution he presents is you need to change your boast. And he says, as it is written, which means he's referring to Scripture. And that's where Jeremiah 9 comes in. You go back and you look, right? And you say, oh, the church in Corinth is nothing, they're, they're not nearly as bad as the people in Jeremiah 9. In fact, Jeremiah is, is prophesying about and, ta- and preaching to that, that generation that's going to be destroyed and carried off into captivity. They're the pinnacle of the worst of the worst, Right? Corinth is nowhere near that bad. You, from a, I'm saying that's, that's what the human perspective would say, right? That's what our wisdom would say. Oh, Paul, you know they're just they're just immature, Paul. Well, when you go back and read the context from which he pulled this verse, what you see is the end result of the path that they're on, right? Just as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. So there's not an, necessarily an audible boast. Again, I would suggest to you that when the, the Christians in Corinth are saying, I am of Paul and I am of Cephas, that sounds to me like what I think of as a boast. But you see, that isn't the boast that's addressed. Right? He, when he points them out, he doesn't say, oh, you know, verse 26, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many of you who knew Cephas. He doesn't say that. Consider your calling, brethren. There weren't many of you who knew Apollos or many of you. He doesn't say that. He says, you weren't wise then. Why do you think you're so wise now? You're relying on your wisdom to adopt men's names. What made you so wise to do that now when you weren't wise before? God saved you in your unwise state, and now you're appealing to the wisdom of men again. You weren't mighty before. Why do you think you're so strong now that you can stand up in the congregation and say anything that starts with I? I. What? I repent. That's about the only thing you can say in a congregation that God would be proud of. I'm sorry. He's asking them to remember that weak state they were called in. He's not necessarily just saying, like, oh, remember that I'm a man and God is God, right? And so you shouldn't be adopting my name. He's getting to the root of the problem. How did you get to the point of adopting my name? Right? They, they know intellectually Paul is not God. They know that. I think if you were in Corinth and you said, hey, do you think Paul is like Jesus? I, I, I would almost guarantee you they would all say, no, 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 Paul's not Jesus. Right? Intellectually, they know that. 
Well, then why are you walking around saying, I'm of Paul? Well, because I am. <laughs> right? Sometimes the intellect doesn't marry with, right, with the spirit. Right? So Paul gets to the root, and he says, you need to remember your weak state and what God exalted. You've forgotten about God. It's not what you know about me. It's what you've forgotten about God. So look at verses 30 and 31 again. By his doing, by God's doing, right? Focuses on God. Action is on God. You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. The reason our boast is taken away, there's two reasons here. Well, there's probably more I'm going to point out too. We can't get to God through human means. That's what he spent verses 17 down through 20-something talking about. No human can take human wisdom and might and anything from their own nature and their own sphere and get to God. Right? I mean, you say, well, you can look at nature. Okay, yeah. That's because you're looking at nature. That's not your sphere. You didn't create nature. God is still showing you something from himself. Right? So our boast is taken away because we can't bridge the gap from here to there. I mean, just period. We can't bridge the gap. There's nothing that allows us to do that. But second, if you look in these verses, it's because Jesus is everything we would boast in. You want to boast in wisdom? Where'd you get your wisdom? If you're boasting in wisdom on earth, you're already embarrassing yourself, right? So if you so now let's so okay, I'm going to boast in heavenly wisdom. How are you going to boast in heavenly wisdom? Who's your heavenly wisdom? Where did you get that? How do you know anything about heaven? How do you know that? How do you know earthly wisdom is below heavenly wisdom? How do you even know that fact? Right? You can't boast in that. What about sanctification? Well, you know what? I'm holy and I'm set apart and you're just filthy. How are you going to boast in that? And it says right here, Jesus is that sanctification. By his doing, you're in Christ Jesus, not by your doing. So our boast is taken away because we can't, we can't close the gap ourselves in any way. But it's also taken away because everything that we value, even when we're spiritually minded... This is the point, right? These, these Corinthians weren't going out saying Jehovah and Jesus mean nothing to us. They, weren't, they, they were in some fashion. They were spiritually minded. They were still coming to church. They were still gathering. And as much as they'd even messed up the Lord's Supper, they were still gathering for the Lord's Supper, right? And that since they're spiritually minded, spiritually minded, you value righteousness, sanctification, redemption, and wisdom. So then they start boasting in those things, but we can't even boast in those things because they come through Christ. So, why this lesson, right? How, how, does, how does this change me today, right? Well, the first point I want to make, I've already made several times. And, and, and we're, we're done, by the way. I'm, there's just a couple more minutes here. Ask why of yourself and your actions and your beliefs until you get down to the foundation 
so that you know what your boast is. Your, your life foundation is your boast. And what we see in Jeremiah and what we see repeated in 1 Corinthians 1 is you've been told what your boast should be. You don't get to choose. I mean, you have free will to choose. What I'm saying is there's, there's one right boast. That's it. But you, you really need to examine yourself to know. Because when I, when I started reading through this and started saying, man, boast is really tied to your life, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Because I was like, I don't boast in anything. And even when I boast, it's kind of a joke. But what I was thinking of is this human boast of like verbal, verbally saying I'm better than you or whatever. That is not what God is talking about. He's talking about where is your confidence when you get up and you go out and do and you live life what is your confidence in or what are you pursuing or what's driving you? That's your boast, right? So that's the first point. Now I want to ask some questions to help you do that. Okay. Thinking about Jeremiah 9, what do your relationships with other people prove your boast to be? That's a question for you. Right? In Jeremiah 9, you saw that they were trying to take advantage of each other. They were lying to each other. So that proved, that showed what their boast was. You, to help self-diagnose, ask yourself the same question. Look at your relationships and say, okay, what do these relationships prove to me my boast is? Even if you don't think that's your boast, be fair. Look at the relationships. What do they tell you? I mean, I don't know, but you do know, <laughs> right? Are you trying to get something over on people all the time? Right? Are you trying to keep them at, at, at bay so that they don't see too deeply, too closely into you, right? Well, then your boast is you don't need people. I mean, that's an easy one, right? Everybody's at arm's length. Your boast is you don't need people. Well, that's a lie. I mean, I'm not going to shy away from that. Just the way God designed the church, that's a lie. Right? So, I'm just saying, like, the, the, you're probably not doing what Jeremiah 9 people were doing, right? Like setting ambushes for your neighbors so you can get them out of some money, right? But you take a look at them. Okay, now 1 Corinthians. When you defend your faith, like when someone comes and asks you about your faith, or, you know, where's your boast? In Corinth, it would have been, well, you know, I was taught and baptized by Paul. Whatever. You know, what about you? Do you say, um, well, you know, I, I just kind of figured it out. Right? Well, what did that start with? It started with I, didn't it? Right? Um, well, you know, this this one guy, he's been... He's been preaching for 200 years. And, you know, he's baptized a lot of people. And, well, I, you know, he taught me and, and I was baptized by him. Well, how's that defending your faith, right? That's just like saying, I'm of Paul. I mean, did that, did that guy who's been preaching for 200 years die for you? No. Um... 
Is, is, there a, is there a name that you would use other than Jesus when somebody asks you about your faith? That's a good question. Right? Where did, your, where did it start for you? Well, you know, so-and-so. You have an opportunity when somebody asks you that question to start with Jesus. Where did it start for you? Well, Jesus died on the cross. I mean, because that's way before anybody talked to you. <laughs> right? So my point is this. Even if people around us can't kind of put their finger exactly on what our boast is, God can. He sees straight through you. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean in an objective way. He sees straight through you. So you need to be honest with yourself. Right? Do this examination. Each of us needs to soberly take stock of the things that Paul mentioned. Is Jesus our wisdom? This is kind of the second point, right? The second point is Jesus needs to be everything. Is he, is he my wisdom? Is he my righteousness? Is he my sanctification? Is he my redemption? Or am I those things? I'm a holy person. I'm a good person. I have salvation, right? I, 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 me, me, me. Right? Or is it, well, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus did this, Jesus did this, right? These things aren't, these things aren't gonna, like, this, these, these aren't the solution. This is like just the start of the diagnostics. Like, how you answer those questions helps you diagnose it. Right? The, the rest of the solution, I mean, is kind of in 1 Corinthians. Right? So, my suggestion to you is if, if, if you see any hint or seed in you, right, of like, hey, you know what, when, when I interact with other people, it's not on the basis of me knowing God. It's on some, it's some, on some other basis. Or when I talk about my faith or defend my faith, it's not on the basis of what I know about Christ or what he's done for me. It's on some other, it's on some other foundation. Well, that needs to be fixed. We need to fix those things. And the great thing is, like, you're all still breathing, so you can fix those things, right? And even if the, your boast isn't as strong as it should be, right, strengthen it. Make it better. That's the lesson. That's my encouragement for you. Thank you for your time and attention. We're going to sing a song.